Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. There's been plenty of controversy and debate over the past number of weeks, including on the Limerick Today show, about the plan to reopen Limerick, guiding Limerick through COVID-19. Um, most of the coverage has centred on what the plan would mean for Limerick City and what changes would be made to help boost business post-lockdown. But what about County Limerick? It is Limerick City and County Council for, um, uh, and for obvious reasons. They are and should be focusing, and we're trying to find out how much, uh, right across the county. Uh, but are our county towns something of an afterthought? And I'm joined on the line uh, to look at this now by Councillor Mike Donegan from Kilmallock, Councillor Bridie Collins from Adair, and Councillor Tom Ruddle from Newcastle West. And uh, you are all uh, very welcome to the show and thank you very much for joining us first thing this Monday morning. Um, Mike Donegan, um, you're quite critical of the plan when it comes to the wider county. Tell us why. Um, I am indeed, Joe. And firstly, uh, could I just say at the outset just to acknowledge and thank the Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Dr. Tony Holland, for his dedication and help to us over the last three months. Tony and his family, are, our thoughts and prayers are with him at this difficult time. Um, firstly, I suppose, Joe, the, the, the guiding limerick to COVID-19 was a draft or is a draft document, is a document now that circulated to us in the end of May. And I suppose, look, it was a result of the COVID-19 activity to try and increase footfall. Uh, back into our towns and villages, and indeed our city, which I, I fully support, a strong, vibrant city. However, um, I, I did put forward a submission as we had a um, the 12-page document. There was a half a page with just a couple of lines in relation to our county towns and villages. So, so I, not I, I just Kilmallock, no, you mean a half a page about all of the county towns? A half a page, just a, a brief comment saying that the, the council staff would work with the municipal districts to come up with ideas to, you know, to, to, to support the towns and villages. Now, I will say at the outset, while I, I, I welcome the introduction of the 25k advisory speed limit, which they are going to Im, Im, impose that on our towns. Um, I, I welcome that because we're constantly getting uh, requests and representations for you know, signage and feedback signs and speed ramps, etc. But but I, I am critical because uh, there's nothing in it for county towns. And, and what we've been doing here in Kilmallock over the last two years, we're, we're fortunate to have um, our own local action plan and we're going to take some pieces of that and we've met in this, well, we've met through Zoom calls and we, we have put some of those forward as part of my submission to Limerick City and County Council. But did they not announce free parking on Saturdays? Well, well that's true, Joe. They, they did, they did. But that's, that's one initiative. Um, we're, we're looking at the bigger issues of... Um, pr- pr- promoting and supporting our local business park, our local shops, uh, promoting, uh, you know, what we need to do to attract t- more tourists into the town and footfall into the, the, the main streets of the town. The thing that I think a lot of people might struggle a small bit with is that obviously it's been amalgamated for quite a while now, Limerick City and County Council. So there is plenty of representation of uh, rural Limerick on uh, the 40-person council. Indeed, uh, the new mayor of Limerick City and County is based in Newcastle West, Councillor Michael Collins. How was it then that there didn't appear to be a focus uh, in the guiding Limerick plan on areas outside of Limerick City? Well, look, as I said at the, at the start, Joe, we all agree we should have a strong city and a vibrant city. And I think a lot of the, the media attention and the focus was on some of the, the demonstrations or, you know, what happened in the city. And look, that, that's fair enough. Um, we will be discussing this at our municipal district because we want something local for the towns and and, and villages. 
whereas the city maybe they're looking to pedestrianise certain areas. You know, we 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 can't have the pedestrianisation of some of our streets and in, in the towns. Like as I said, we're, we're but, we're but trying Mike, to co- I mean, did yeah. this plan go to the full council, which would have included you and many other councillors from rural Limerick? No, it, it it did not, Joe. And that's part of the disappointing uh, issue about this plan is that now we we, we met as a municipal district when when I was Cahirlock uh, last year. We we met for. 10 or 12 sessions during the COVID-19. We had weekly meetings every week to update, uh, to get updates from the staff and to voice our concerns from the, the feedback we were getting from businesses, from the community at large. <coughs> and we met every week to discuss the topics and make sure that our voices were heard. And this is going to stand us in good stead now because we're in a good position now to drive on and support our county towns in the municipal district of Kilmallock at more. Right. And Mike, are there businesses in Kilmallock that won't reopen because they just don't have the support and at the moment they don't have the custom? Well, well, I've been hearing that there is two or three businesses, um, you know, which I don't want to go into detail at the moment, but um, what I would say to those businesses or indeed any business that Limerick City and County Council are willing to help those businesses just if they just want advice, to, to get some advice from them, there is good support structures there within the council. There is good grants there to, to help us to open up. But unfortunately, um, you know, when we see a lot of shopping online, we see, um, you know, towns and villages just decimated with, you know, with the lack of footfall, the lack of tourists coming into the towns. It's very unfortunate. We're chatting uh, to Councillor Mike Donegan, based in Kilmallock, Councillor Bridie Collins in Adair, and Councillor Tom Ruddle from Newcastle West. Now, uh, Bridie uh, Adair is a vibrant um, uh, town, obviously, in County Limerick, uh, and generally attracts huge numbers of tourists and indeed many local visitors. Uh, but uh, what are things like at the moment? Well, things are, are picking up, and um we opened ourselves, myself and my husband, we have a, we have a pub and uh, we opened last Wednesday and we were quite heartened by the uh, response from the from the locals really and uh, I've noticed that there's quite a few people stopping in and around the village but it is a throughput village, you know, from Dublin to Kerry so, you know, we will be hoping to uh, monopolise on that, you know, and, and to have people stop off and and visit the shops and and restaurants and cafes and all the other facilities that we have around the village. Uh, But I agree with Mike, it's it's been a very uh, city-focused plan, but it is up, I think, to the individual... the individual municipalities or municipals to come up with their own plans. And I do think that the County Council will support them fully. Um, We have a very vibrant uh, business association in Adair and they've been very vocal and they've been very supportive of all the businesses, making sure that each of the businesses are aware of all the supports that they can can, um, access. You know, the Restart Grant, the... um, the voucher for, you know, for online buying and all of that, you know, through the Leo and all of that. And they've been very, very vocal in, in also in the, the National uh, Small Business Recovery Plan in supporting that and forwarding it. And indeed, I had the opportunity to have that um, ratified by the council last Friday and, and Limerick City and County Council are bringing, are bringing that forward uh, for the government to support and to implement its findings and recommendations. So I'm looking forward to seeing that because that will be, you know, that will be the blueprint for supporting all the small businesses, not only within Limerick but within the county, within the country as well. But it is important that, you know, to shop local is is the key to this, and it is to encourage people to shop 
you know, to, to, to not only to shop in Limerick City, but to come out to Adair, Kamalik, Newcastle West, each of the different... Yeah. Each of the different towns have, have, you know, unique selling points within them. And Brady, I mean, we know actually, I think today, um, Adair would uh, in a normal year be full of celebration because it would be the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. It was due this week, wasn't it? And obviously that's not happening this year. It's been um, postponed for a year. So that's a great pity. Um, But... You could imagine, and in the context of um, the uh, programme for government, we are being um, assured, certainly by Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael representatives, um, that um, the Adair bypass uh, will continue to happen. Uh, a lot That's of right. that is tied up in European Union funding. But you could That's imagine right. what it would be like if Adair was pedestrianised, um, you know, because sometimes the traffic going through there is nothing short of appalling, uh, particularly at peak times. But would the traders want that in the context of the pedestrianisation discussion that's been going on for Limerick City Centre? Well, I think the difference between Adair Village and Limerick City Centre is that Adair is also, you know, a living village. You know, there's people living on the main street and there's people, you know, very much living within the centre of the village and and its environs. So it wouldn't be practical to just completely pedestrianise the whole street, you know, because people need to be able to get in and out. They need to be able to go about their daily business. But I do think that, you know, plans would be afoot to, you know, if, if say, for instance, if the um, the program was happening this week, I had envisaged that some of the, you know, maybe the nighttime trade would have been, you know, pedestrianised and it would have given us the opportunity to see how that would work. But, you know, for us to, to recover from the COVID, it's about encouraging as many people into the village as we can, you know, and that's about the businesses getting together themselves, you know, the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, the shops, you know, all of that. It's about them getting together and coming up with a plan, which they're already doing through the Business Um, Association and ACT. And you mentioned that uh, you and your husband have reopened your pub um, and uh, obviously there's to be a wider reopening of pubs. We expect during the next phase from the 20th of July. How concerned are you, though, about these reports from Dublin City Centre and Cork City Centre over the weekend uh, that there's been a lack of social distancing? It's putting a lot of pressure on vintners, isn't it? It's, it's, the pressure on the vintners is enormous and I can tell you that I didn't sleep for two weeks before we opened because I was so nervous, not only about the customers but also about our staff, making sure that they're safe. And making sure that they're, you know, they're that they're kept, that they they can observe all the, the the regulations as well. I do think that the government failed in the point that they should have put a time limit on it. If they wanted pubs to operate as life, as as restaurants, they should have said you have to close your premises by ten thirty or eleven. Now there may be a little bit of kickback from that, you know, from other publicans, but I do think that if we had those guidelines. You know, if if people are coming in from food for food, generally the food service lost orders maybe nine thirty, ten o'clock at the latest, and you know give people an hour and a half, you know to to finish up, and say pubs empty by eleven o'clock, but there was no guideline at that, so pubs are operating under the normal uh, liquor license laws, which means that on a Friday and Saturday night they can open until twelve thirty. And, you know, 11 o'clock on a right. Sunday. And, and, and is there, is there the a risk then, do you think, that the wider uh, pub reopening due on the 20th of July may be delayed? 
I, I am fearful for that and I'm also fearful that there will be a rollback on what's already, you know, on what's already been, been rolled out. Um, you know, the, we saw over the weekend, particularly, that there was an appetite for coming out and socialising. But the amount of people that said to us in particular that they felt very safe in our premises because the tables were distanced and there was lots of hand sanitizers, and they could see that we were very conscious about the way we were working, the you know, the, the, the bar. Um, but I'm not sure that... If we were in a city situation and you've got hundreds of thousands of people, that we would be able to manage it as well as we did. You know, yeah. I mean, we're dipping our toe in the water with this at the minute. But you know, when this opens out and you've got, you know, you've, you know, you've got your twenty-first or you've got, you know, a fortieth birthday party or whatever, it's not going to be that easy to manage it. Yeah. You know, and it does leave the responsibility with the publican. We're chatting this morning uh, to Councillor Mike Donegan based in Kilmallock, Councillor Bridie Collins from Adair and Councillor Tom Ruddle in Newcastle West uh, all about uh, whether or not uh, the county is uh, fully and properly represented in the guiding Limerick through COVID-19 plan that uh, has caused such debate when it came to Limerick City Centre and uh, Bridie was uh, mentioning that the, the uh, wider pub industry uh, would obviously be concerned uh, about what was happening in Dublin City Centre and Cork City Centre particularly over the weekend. Scenes of large crowds gathering outside pubs have been described as worrying. Images on social media show dozens of people outside pubs and bars in Dublin city centre. And Professor Catherine Motherway of University Hospital here in Limerick and former president until very recently of the Intensive Care Society says everyone needs to play their part to stop the spread of coronavirus. To be fair to our publicans, I think they have worked hard and they're trying to get back to work. So it's up to the people coming in the door to be responsible. Now, the trouble with alcohol is it does mean you get a bit disinhibited. The video that I saw was a video outside. There was a lot of people walking past other people in a narrow lane. So they perhaps need to make some arrangements if they're going to pedestrianise places that actually may well um, be safer. Professor Catherine Motherway, who became a very well-known face and voice in uh, uh, recent months and, of course, uh, based um, at University Hospital Limerick in uh, Dura Doyle. Um, and uh, Theresa's been in touch on, on uh, the same subject. Joe, I went for a meal in a pub Saturday night and I was disappointed. No social distancing or time limit. This was County Limerick and I won't do that again, says uh, Theresa. Well, it certainly wasn't uh, Collins Pub anyway, as Bridie has explained. They have been implementing all of uh, those policies. Um, but another listener says, how do you shop local, Joe, in context of what you're talking about there, when prices are often too dear? So uh, let's uh, ask Councillor Tom Ruddle, uh, based in Newcastle West, and of course a, a business person there as well. Um, do you agree largely uh, with what Councillor Mike Donegan was saying to us earlier? Only half a page of guiding Limerick through COVID-19 dedicated to uh, the uh, wider County Limerick um, area and how did that come about really when you consider Newcastle West, um, Kilmallock, um, uh, Skeeton, Foynes, Abbey Field, and to name but a few? I, well, I suppose, uh, thank you, Joe, uh, for having me on the show. Um, I suppose basically, like, uh, I, I see them, I'm just a new councillor just there a year, but I suppose there is a big emphasis on the city and trying to get people back into the centre of Limerick City. But um, I, I, I find with Limerick City, I suppose they give a lot of planning permissions. Uh, 
on the outskirts of the city. They've opened up all these shopping centres and I think that has really taken away from the... Well, now, Tom, to be fair, that was the county council in its previous incarnation that would have given a lot of the permissions. As you know, the county council's uh, sphere of influence came right into the suburbs of Limerick City. And it was often a cause of debate where city councillors were complaining about those very permissions. Yeah, but I suppose they, they, they should have... Worked, worked on the city more, I suppose, to make it more attractive over the years. I suppose the big thing with, uh, with the city centre is the, the parking, you know. Um, I suppose now if they could think of some plan to come up with uh, free parking, I know they're doing it on a Saturday, but maybe if they could do it but, more... But Newcastle West we... has it every Saturday. Oh, yeah. Well, we have, yeah. We have. Yeah. So, so the, the, key, the key question I'm asking you, Tom, is, yeah. you know, yeah. what is happening for, let's say, Newcastle West? It is the capital of the county, as it were, the county yes. town. Yes. Well, I suppose, I suppose, getting back to your point there about that plan, there's not a lot for the county in it, as far as I can see. Um, we, we need a bit more, I suppose, promotion, a bit more um, presence with, uh, for, for the county town and the towns around the area to promote them more. I, I don't think there is enough goes into the promotion of towns like Newcastle West. Um, but what I find fascinating about this, Tom, is that yeah. when the amalgamation happened and in the immediate wake of it, I remember having city-based councillors in this studio in the days when we could have people in yes. the studio um, yeah. uh, complaining bitterly uh, that actually the balance had now switched to county-based councillors. But it seems that all of your eyes were wiped on this one. If there's only half a page in the plan. Yeah, well, it probably were, probably was. I mean, I mean, how did you allow a situation, all of you collectively, where, as Mike Donegan says, this didn't even go to the full council? Well, that, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, I, I'm only learning about it as I go along, you know. I mean, it hasn't, hadn't come up as a big thing, which it should have, and there should be a separate plan for all the bigger towns in the county, which there wasn't. Yeah. So, look, I'm, I, well, I'm, well, what's I'm, business I'm, like in Newcastle West at the well, moment, it's, Tom? It's not, it's not too bad, um, uh, Joe, um, We'll say, I suppose, it's great to see there's way more activity. I, I have an office here in the square, and I can see the way things have changed over the last month or so, but there's way more activity out there. Um, I suppose hairdressers went back there. They're, they're very busy. Um, clothes shops, maybe not as busy, because um, I suppose going back to the thing, you know, people, uh, you can try on clothes and things like that, and there's a lot of shopping has happened online and I suppose with this shutdown that has kind of got people more into the habit of shopping online. But some of the shops uh, luckily now have got an online presence as well. So that should help the situation. And um, and you think that that's going to be a long-term um, part now of most businesses, do you, the online element? I think it will be. I think it will be because you look at um, in other cities, around the world. I mean, the more city centres are kind of more for um, entertainment and tourism type of stuff, like, you know, um, whereas um, the the bigger sh- shops and bigger uh, presence that they have is kind of going more online. So yeah. I think, that unfortunately, that's the way the thing is going. But I suppose for a small town like Newcastle West, um, we depend on small businesses to support all the local um, activities that we have, the local clubs, um, the local societies, 
all that. They're fantastic to support us. And uh, I think it's a pity that more people don't try and shop more local because um, we say the online online presence... Um, they won't support anybody, you know? Yeah. Uh, Councillor Mike Donegan, you know, we obviously were very conscious over the last few weeks that uh, most of the discussion around this plan was city-focused uh, and a lot mm-hmm. of the controversy around it was city-focused uh, as well. And uh, one of the reasons we wanted to get the three of you on to chat to us this morning is uh, that we were admonishing ourselves here on Limerick today for not doing so. But it sounds like it's because, A, there wasn't much reference to uh, the county in the plan and B, it sounds like maybe more shoulders should have been put to the wheel by the county-based councillors on it. Well, well, well that's, that's, that's not yeah. true, Roy. I mean, I, I disagree with that statement because of the simple fact that it was presented to us in the end of May. I think it was the 27th of May we got an email with this document. It was a draft document. We had two weeks to put in a submission. I put in that submission and what I was basically looking for the that it would be nice to see a comprehensive plan to include some of our county towns and villages, possible projects or initiatives that you know that you could work locally with the, the stakeholders in each of the communities and com- put forward a plan. So I, I put that submission in. Now we're going to be talking about this uh, this draft document, I'll call it, because we haven't approved it, even though I think it's been up there as guiding Limerick through COVID-19 and accepted and rubber-stamped. But by it the has been rubber-stamped. I mean, the, the, the consultation period is over and it is now the plan. Well, well, not, not, but not according to my records, Joe. It's not certainly my. It's so it's still a draft because nobody has come back to me about about what plans they're going to put forward other than the ones I put forward for Kilmallock and our county towns like Brough and Kilfinnan. Uh, as I said, I accept the speed limit, the advisory speed limit, and that's to be welcomed. But like I, I see it here in Kilmallock, we, we just sold a premises to um, um, since Limerick City and County Council put over to Irema Ireland. Uh, for the expansion and creation of jobs. We've been driving that project for, for the last two years with the economic development plan that we have put in place in Kilmallock. So so our, our local action plan is going to feed into this draft document and we will be discussing it on Thursday week. And I'd be glad to come on and, and give you my findings and the views of the councillors on that, Joe. All right, very good. Well, listen, thank you very much. We wanted to give it a bit of focus, as I say, uh, this morning because uh, we were very aware that uh, the county towns hadn't received much in the midst of the debate about uh, Limerick City and particularly uh, the city centre and pedestrianisation. And um, lately, and I see it got um, national newspaper coverage on Sunday Independent uh, yesterday, uh, the giant forks and spoons uh, discussion as well. Uh, thank you to Councillor Mike Donegan, based in Kilmallock, Councillor Bradley Collins in Adair. And- Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.